Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. Always love having on the program Scott Friesen. He is one of these people that we can really, I love the comments we've gotten about him. Basically what, what people are saying is that he's like that smart uh, neighbor that they that people and that all the neighbors bother, but he doesn't mind uh, bringing questions about this situation or that situation. All in his case, in the area of uh, dealing with damages that happen to people's homes and dealing with insurance companies. This guy has forgotten uh, more than I've ever known in this topic. Uh, but we love your engaging style. We love how you can bring some terrifying things. Uh, and make them seem solvable. We love that. And uh, so we love having you on the program, Scott. Real quickly, give your, yeah, give your website, and uh, go ahead and just uh, jump into our topic as well. Yeah, thank, thanks, Kevin. Thanks for that amazingly warm introduction. Um, and, you know, and I'd be remiss if I weren't to also remind our audience that we really do a lot of commercial and multifamily claims. Um, and the reason is the bigger the claim, the bigger the fight. So that's what we've been doing for the last 15 years at uh, Insurance Claim Recovery Support. And that website is, just like it sounds, insuranceclaimrecoverysupport.com. And we offer free evaluations, free claim evaluations. And uh, we're happy to help uh, as many people as we possibly can reach. And, of course, this show does a great job of uh, reaching out to you know people that, that are in our target audience that we want to help as well. So today's fun and exciting topic that I wanted to ask you, and then I'll give you my opinion, is what is the reason or reasons why property damage insurance claims end up escalating in disputes that wind up in the hands of public adjusters or attorneys? Why is it? Was we, we turn on the TV, we just saw the Super Bowl, we saw all these State Farm and all these insurance ads, and, you know, they, they pontificate safety and we're going to protect you, but yet if you just do a Google search um, or talk to anybody that's actually in the business, the the side of the, of the insurance business model that pontificates one thing, um, when you actually file a claim, it, 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 it can be a complete nightmare. Uh, not always, yeah. but we know a lot of people that it has. So what, what, I'm just curious, what is it that you think? Uh, what does the audience think? What, why, why do we all think that, you know, we're sold one thing and then we find ourselves so often in uh, disputes with our insurance companies? Okay. Uh, I think, and this is a guess, uh, based on doing lots of business-related interviews, but what comes to my mind, Scott, is that, their biggest priority is stockholders, not their customers. And virtually every single one of these companies are publicly owned and, frankly, have to be in order to do the kind of coverage that they do. That's kind of the catch-22. I would say that's the number one reason. Okay. So what I'm hearing you say then is it's a conflict of interest and it's it's greed-driven. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, and you're not wrong. There's actually a book out there from the good hands to boxing gloves that talks about the transformation of the insurance uh, industry and how claims became an expense uh, uh, category for these insurance companies and, and how certain uh, consultants and McKinsey and Associates came in and, and advised them on how to, you know, if you can, if you can reduce your expenses and claims and you can increase your, um, your margins, you need to leave your premiums the same. But, you know, that is one of the things I've, 
preached for a long time is that, you know, there is an inherent conflict of interest built into the business model of these insurance companies, whether they're public or private. Um, the question is always who's, who's more important, shareholders or policyholders? And, of course, that depends on who's asking the question. If it's the Department of Insurance, insurance companies are going to say the policyholders. Of course, if you're at a shareholder meeting, they're going to say shareholders. But right. I want to drill in this a little bit deeper because, you know, something happened just today. Uh, we were dealing with a claim, and I got this report, like we always get so many reports from these insurance companies. And they are using things like objective opinions. But yet, the, and, and it's to deny coverage for, for certain um, uh, systems in a, in a home that was hit by lightning. And so every other system in this property that's electrical has been damaged. Water heaters, stereos, TVs, computers, etc. But yet they can't seem to find any link between the lightning hitting this home and the pool heater and the um, uh, security system and the mosquito uh, prevention system that was all working just fine prior to the lightning strike. And what I find to be so interesting about this one and, and other engineers and other third-party, quote, expert vendors that the insurance companies uh, rely on is that there's no name on this report. There's no credentials of the person that conducted this um, inspection or tested the uh, systems on this report. There's no methodology. There's no photos. There's no instruments that are used. It's just an opinion. And we see this time and time again. We see it on hail claims and wind claims. And even though we have weather data that supports uh, a sizable stone, hailstone that, that struck the roof membranes and, and it's, you know, large enough to damage it and there's evidence of the damage, it's, it, it just blows my mind how these um, so many of these so-called experts will claim, well, they can be repaired, but yet they can't provide a methodology for the repair that's compliant with the manufacturer um, specifications. They refer to things that have the appearance of hail damage as anomalies. And, you know, you can call it whatever you want, and everybody's entitled to their own opinion, but in my book, you're not entitled to your own set of facts. And I find uh, so many policyholders feel like they're in positions where they feel like their insurance company is basically calling them liars. And you know as well as I do that while there, there, there are um, measures and I can appreciate the, uh, the, the issues that are associated with fraud, um, I think that for the most part, if, if you've got hail damage and you have a hail occurrence or wind or water or whatever the case is, a lightning strike, and there's damages, you know, a policyholder bears the burden of proving a claim, but the insurance company bears the burden of proving that an exclusion applies. And I'm sorry, but I don't find that many opinions um, or objective, quote, analysis without any type of methodology to quantify or qualify how they came to such a conclusion holds any water. And yeah. so therein lies the rub. And so how far do you take it? Now, we ask a lot of questions. We, we probe. We ask the insurance company to, you know, produce the evidence that they're using to render such an opinion. But oftentimes people find themselves in a really tough spot where they just they don't know what kind of questions to ask. Um, and they just get frustrated and give up. And that's, you know, a lot of insurance companies, I think, that is their plan. They want you to just be worn out and give up and hope it just go away. 
And you don't have yeah. to do that. You don't have to take it. Yeah, absolutely. And see, part of the problem, though, is they, the consumer or the business, whichever has this insurance policy, doesn't know the parameters of the realities around claims. They don't understand that. You know, when they bought a policy, what was sold to them was a panacea if something goes wrong. You know, but make sure you read the fine print, right? <laughs> but they right. don't. And, and, yeah. they, and, they, and they, they sign up with optimism and hope, uh, and when they are given a rejection, an exemption, um, they assume, oh, they know more than I do. Woe is me. And guess what? They do know more than you do, you know, unless you're in the industry. And so that's why you need someone in your corner who knows what they, what the insurance company knows. That's why, you know, to me, um, I, I, can, I can be extremely frugal, Scott, but there is this idea of any wise, dull, or foolish. Not getting yeah. the help of someone like you is, is a great example of that. Uh, when you know you're getting hassled by an insurance company, and I don't know anyone who gets a claim that doesn't get significant push, be it complete denial or significant rejection of part of the claim. Yeah, you're not wrong, and and you know, uh, I've been doing this for so long that I don't I don't hate them for it. I mean, you know, they're doing their job. I get it. Everyone's got a job to do, but you know, you also have to take in consideration ethics and credibility and things of that nature. And and so, you know. That all being said, I also would be remiss if I weren't to also say, look, I mean, a lot of times these policies are very complicated, and the interpretation of policies um, can confuse even even the insurance company's own adjusters or third-party adjusters, you know. Um, there's always valuation and uh, disagreements. You know, we, we see it all the time. Um, you know, the insurance company thinks something can be repaired for X dollars. Um, but, you know, when you go out to the market and you're, and you're dealing with credible third-party contractors that are in business for themselves, not someone that's a, quote, preferred vendor of an insurance company, which I can't even tell you how many of these preferred vendors we've come across that have no credentials, bad credentials, um, administrative penalties, or they're unlicensed, or they, they can't substantiate what they, what they say. They, they talk a lot, but they, they, don't, they, don't, they don't put anything in writing. Um, you know, or pre-existing damage. You know, I'll be. You know, there there are there are properties out there that have pre-existing damage. However, what I find to be disturbing is when an insurance company's investigation is solely focused on pre-existing damage that they're overlooking the new damage that is actually covered under the policy. Right. So you know, there's there there's all of that, and then you know, like for example. Um, I'll go back to this lightning uh, story that I was mentioning earlier. You know, th they completely overlooked uh, inspecting one of the three uh, uh, system components that were they were asked to investigate. And they're like, and I'm like, well, so then let's get another third party out there. Or when can you guys come back out? They're not going to do it. They're just not going to do it. Well, that's an improper investigation. The insurance company has a duty to perform a prompt and proper investigation. Um, it doesn't end just because they say so or because they forgot something, okay? So, um, yeah, it, it, it's tough. I mean, for policyholders, you know, you, 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 need, you need people like us to help you along, obviously. But, you know, it takes a team to uh, take on these insurance companies. It's not just, you know, insurance claim recovery support. It, the name says it all. I mean, we have support not just from us, but we have other third-party uh, folks that we work with, engineers, attorneys, uh, hygienists, um, people that can test electronic equipment or do content that are independent of the insurance company 
And and that's that's really where the rubber hits the road because so many of these third party uh, insurance company vendors they have to play ball. If they don't play ball, they're not going to get any more work. It's that simple. Yeah, yeah, and they're happy to do a volume business built on shortcuts. Sure, we're not getting as much, but we're just getting we're getting money for rubber stamping things. Yeah, yeah. And so you got to remember the insurance not- company has their hired guns. Think of it as yeah. the old West analogy. You need your own hired guns. And so I think what you do is so important. Scott, give yeah. your website one more time. And with about 30 seconds left, final thought. Um, you know, final thought is just because they say so doesn't make it so. You know, and, and if you have questions, you can reach us at insuranceclaimrecoverysupport.com. We're happy to do, uh, you know, free claim consultations and review your claim file. And, you know, we'll tell you, hey, you got a fair shake, move on or if there's something that can be done, we'll tell you what can be done. Yeah, I think it's phenomenal. I encourage people to do it. Um, if you're not at least consulting someone like Scott, you are really ripping yourself off, off because, again, they they are making money only if you're successful in the claim, correct? Yes, sir. In fact, I'm glad you brought that up. Our Our terms are no recovery, no fee. You know, we front all of our time and experience. If we don't believe that we've got a valid argument, we're not going to take it, and we'll explain why. But if we do, it's game on. Yeah, and by the way, what a great opportunity for you to vet whether or not you have a legitimate claim. What do you know if you have a legitimate How do you know if you have a legitimate claim? This is a great yeah, way and, of finding out. So and, thanks and so we, much as and, always, Scott. You bet. I'm Kevin Price. This is the nationally syndicated Price of Business. Stay tuned for more. After this.